Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. Matthew 28, and please find verse 18. It says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus talking. Therefore go, everybody say go. Go. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Okay, you can see this wonderful slide behind me. That's me on the running track the other day. It says this, how to get to the go. That's what we're going to be talking about today is the go. Jesus says to his disciples, therefore go and make disciples. Okay, that's what we're going to be talking about. What does that mean, the go that Jesus says? Okay, Um, you're probably all familiar with these verses, the Great Commission. It is great, and it's a commission. Um, this was not just a motivational message uh, that Jesus decided to whip out of his back pocket at the time. He wasn't just with his disciples and think, hmm, I'm going to be going to heaven soon. How can I leave them feeling inspired? It was a commission. And it wasn't just for 12 men 2,000 years ago. But this commission is for us as the church. What we just read is for us. That's our calling that's our mandate. That's why we're here in Market Harbor, because we're here to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Okay? So we're called to go. Everybody say go. Go. Good. We're called to be a people of action. Yeah? We're not called to just sit here in a little Christian bubble, a holy huddle, um, enjoying Sunday meetings and waiting patiently for Jesus to come back. Okay, if that's your view of um, what being a Christian is, there's a whole load of other stuff that you've uh, you're missing out on at the moment because we're not called to just sit. We're called to go. We're called to be a people of action. Go is a doing word. Yeah, it's a. Um, I always forget whether it's a noun or verb or whatever. What is it? An adjective. It's a doing word anyway. Um, we're not called. We're not called to just sit here and watch. We're not called to be spectators. Being a Christian is not a spectator sport. It's something that we are participating in and we're doing. Um, As you know, we were at Without Borders 2017, a couple of weeks ago, Bible Week. And uh, that means and how we can experience the supernatural kingdom in our lives. And more importantly, how people out there can experience the supernatural kingdom because it's not just for us. It's for them as well. Um, And so what we want to talk about today is how we can do that. Um, I believe that that Great Commission is part of seeing the supernatural kingdom established in the world. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about how to get to the go. Okay, And we have three steps for you. Okay, So the first one is, cue the slide, Tim, get ready. Okay, You'll probably... uh, see what's coming next in a minute. But anyway, the first slide is get ready. 
Um, if we're going to go and reach the world, if we're going to go, we have to be ready to go. Okay? Um, it's good to be prepared, and it's good to make preparations. Life isn't always about, you know, some people say, oh, uh, just follow the Spirit. Just follow the Spirit. And we should follow the Spirit, but it's good to be prepared as well. The Spirit uses us when we're prepared to be used. Um, so how do we get ready? Here's the big, amazing reveal, is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? I mean, no apologies for the simplicity of that. It's simple, but it will change your life. That's what I want to talk about, is being filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. Okay? So if you could turn me to Romans 8 and verse 11. When you're there, please tell me. Great, 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 great. Romans 8 verse 11 says this, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Wow. Let me read that again. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life, everybody say life, to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. Okay, now turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. One book before, Romans. This was Jesus speaking just before he ascends into heaven and just before the Holy Spirit comes and is poured out on all of the believers, which I always think must have been a pretty wacky day, but pretty great day as well. Okay, so Acts 1 verse 8 says this, but you might receive power. No, 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 no. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's a very similar um, thing that Jesus is saying to the Great Commission. And he's saying just before he goes off, the Holy Spirit is going to come. He is the Holy Spirit who's going to help you do all of these things. Okay? So life in the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential for us as Christians. <clears throat> what you, um, to become a Christian, you, you repent, don't you? You turn to Jesus, you say, I'm sorry for, my, for what I've done. I believe that you are the Lord and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Please forgive me and I'm turning to you. That's what repenting is or turning to God. And then, as a Christian, the next step is you might get baptized in water, which is good because it cuts away the past and you put it to death and you're raised up to life. And everything that Jesus has forgiven you has been washed away. So being saved and being baptized is fantastic. But if we stop there, we're missing out. That is not the fullness of what it means to be a Christian. Because there's this other bit where it says, and be filled with the Holy Spirit or be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've been saved because of our repentance and we've had the past washed away. But now we need the power of the Holy Spirit to start living. Okay? We've been saved. We've been raised to life. But now we need to start living. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us do that. The Holy Spirit, just as we've read, gives us life 
and he gives us power. Everybody say life and power. Life and power, okay? Now turn with me to Ephesians 1, and we're going to go verse 18. Hoo hoo, Stephen likes that one. <laughs> Tell me when you're there. Go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Yeah? <laughs> Is it just me that always does that whenever I think Ephesians? <laughs> Ephesians, go eat popcorn. Okay, all right. Ephesians 1, verse 18 says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, this is an inheritance for you, in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hands in the heavenly realms. See, we're here to reach our neighbors. We're here to reach this town and to see people saved. That's going to be a little bit tricky without the Holy Spirit. Um, we can't just use clever words or arguments to try and win people into the kingdom. Can't try and trick them in. Um, but people want to see something. They want to see a demonstration of power. They want to see something real. And it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to do that. It says in Romans 8 verse 11, we read this earlier, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives in me and you. So inside of you, there is a person living who has power and who gives life and helps us to show the world the power of God. Everybody, I want everyone to say this. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Okay, you ready? After three, one, two, three. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. I'm going to say it again, but I want to point to yourself when you say me. Okay, this might seem cheesy, Matt. But this is important. You ready? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Okay? Carl, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and there's power in you and life. It's the same for you, Michelle, Rob, Matt, everybody else. He lives in you. You see, the supernatural kingdom is not something that's far off. It's actually already here because we're supernatural people. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We've been raised to a new life in Christ. That's Colossians 3 verse 1. And we've been born from above. The old has gone and the new has come. The newness is the life in the Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're counted in on this. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can be. Please don't leave today without the gift of the Holy Spirit. He changes everything. It's a gift from God, and it's part of his plan for our lives. You don't need to be a leader. You don't need to go to Bible college. You don't need to have a great way of words to be used by God. Those are all great things. But all you need to do is be full of his Holy Spirit and full of his word. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
You know, just we and us. It's for all of us. It's for everybody. We all get to play. We all get to participate in what God wants to do. We all get to lay our hands on the sick. We all get to share the gospel. And we all get to see people saved. It's not just for two or three people in a group of 30 because they seem like the leaders. This is for everybody. Um, the gift of the Holy Spirit is to be used. Now, I've got another slide here. <clears throat> okay, you can't see it very well. I did not take this picture. But this is a Sonos speaker. And I have one of these sat in my living room at the moment. And uh, I want you to imagine for a moment, it's your birthday. And uh, if you want to close your eyes, you can, to imagine. It's your birthday, and somebody buys you the most amazing present. Now, for me, my last birthday, Kim bought me a Sonos speaker. And this is something I've wanted for ages. I'm into, like, gadgets and music. And uh, this was incredible. And I opened it. I was so excited. The only trouble was we were moving house the very next day. So we'd asked for our Wi-Fi to be stopped. Um, everything was up in boxes. And there was no way that I could set up this Sonos speaker. So then we moved house, and we moved into the new house, and there was still no Wi-Fi. And this Sonos speaker works using Wi-Fi, so I couldn't use it, and I couldn't hear how it sounded, and it just sat in the box, not doing anything. Now, we're saying that the Holy Spirit is a gift to us from God. It's pretty useless having a gift that just sits in a box, isn't it? And we can um, go through life and think, well, I haven't quite got everything that I need to use this gift right now, so I'm going to wait until the next bit. Um, that's not what the Holy Spirit wants. He doesn't want us to leave him in a box. He doesn't want him to remain a gift that's unopened and unused. I could open the box, but I still couldn't use it because there was no Wi-Fi. Once I uh, did get Wi-Fi, I listened to it, and it sounded phenomenal. And I was excited, and I use this thing pretty much every day now. We listen to music all the time. It works. It sounds great. And it's much the same with the Holy Spirit, that the more you use something and the more you get familiar to it, the more you know how it sounds, yeah? Life of the Holy Spirit, when we say, Holy Spirit, use me, the more you develop that relationship, the more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the more familiar he sounds to you. The more you know, ah, oh, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit, because I know that sound. I know the sound of my Sonos right now. It's great. And I know the sound of the Holy Spirit because you invest the time in the relationship with him. Okay, I'm going to hand over to Mrs. Lyon. Everybody give her a clap. She's going to talk about step two. Slightly adjust this setup. It's the same when um, I drive. I always have to adjust the car and Benj gets annoyed. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay, um, any guesses on what the next step is? Oh yeah, <laughs> get set. Um, now you might think that um, if you've got everything you need, if you're ready, um, you're equipped with the Holy Spirit, then you just go, you just do it. You just do what God's commissioned us to do, you just go. But um, I think in reality, um, that that isn't what happens. And in an ideal world, we wouldn't have this get a set step, we would just go. Um, but in reality, there's always something holding us back. There's always this kind of preparation to go. It's, it's you know, 
whether it's lack of confidence, whether it's lack of faith, whether it's lack of motivation, um, there's things that we need to kind of get over to get to the go. So that's what this step's all about. It's about getting set, getting prepared to go. And um, so I've got four points. This isn't kind of, you know, there's, I'm sure there's plenty more, but I thought these four points would be helpful on how you can prepare to go. And the first point is to be filled with his love. I think um, you always have to start with love. You always have to start with love. When, you, when you're going out, when you're dealing with people, you've got to start from a place of love. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the whole world. God so loved, um, God so loved Matt. God so loved um, Mandy. God so loved Tom. But God didn't just exclusively love us as individuals. He loved the whole world. He didn't just love Kim. He didn't look, just love Ben. He didn't just love Living Rock Church. He came for the whole world. He came to set us free, to give us eternal life, for us to come into this relationship with him, for us to um, experience life in the supernatural. He did it for all of us. He did this because he loves the mum at the school gate. It, he did this because he loves your colleague, because he loves your neighbour. And not only does God love all of these people, but he instructs us in his word that we are to love those people as well. And we are to love, th you know, that, that's not something that always comes naturally, uh, particularly with people you don't know very well. But it's an important thing. When, when you love someone, you're more motivated to help them. I think when you love someone, you're more motivated to show them who Jesus is because you know who Jesus is and you know he's incredible you're more motivated to see that person healed of sickness. But we have the Holy Spirit within us, which means that the natural, um, our, our, our natural reality is something more supernatural. And in Romans 5, 5, it tells us that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we have all we need. We have all we need in the Holy Spirit. I believe we can continue to ask God to increase our capacity to love. But I believe that we, um, as we begin to ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit daily, then we will have, we'll, we'll have and we'll experience that supernatural love for people that we need to, to get to the go. The second step, be full of zeal. Romans 12:11 says never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This is Jesus' instruction to us. So how do we how do you keep your spiritual fervor? Well, I think it's important to never get over who God is. Never get over the incredible things that God's done in your life. Never let it be something ordinary or mundane to you. But Always be excited and thankful when God moves. Continue to give thanks and praise to him for all the wonderful things that he does. If it's helpful to you, write a list of things that he does and remind yourself daily. Remind yourself of his goodness. Surround yourself with zealous people. You know, we're the people of God. Surround, like, come, 
come on a Sunday, come to Life Group, surround yourself with people who um, are passionate and excited about the kingdom. But one thing that I think is really important is you need to get to the go. Because I think when you get to the go daily, it's almost like a chicken and egg situation. Because I think as you start to go and as you start to see God moving powerfully through you on a daily basis, then you can't help but get excited. You can't help but be zealous. You can't help but have that spiritual fervor because um, you can see God moving. It's not something that happened when you were first saved. It's not something that happened a long time ago. It's something that's current and fresh, something that's happening every day. My third suggestion is to be full of faith. (laughs) Have faith that God can do the impossible. Matthew 17, 20 says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I heard someone preaching on this verse um, probably at the beginning of last year around March time. And um, it was something that I held on to when we were buying our first home. And um, if for any of you who haven't heard our house testimony, I'm very happy to share it at the end. But um, a small, in a nutshell, we felt like God was telling us to buy a house last year. And um, we had no money for a deposit. It seemed like an impossibility, but we trusted in God. We believed that he wanted us to reserve a particular house. And within six weeks, we received £13,000 to cover our house deposit. (laughs) So for me, it felt like an impossibility that we would get that money in the short space of time that we needed it. But I'd heard so many testimonies of God's goodness and his provision, so many testimonies of people um, having money provided for houses. And um, so... Bench and I just agreed together that we were going to trust that God would do the same. And I felt like regularly we were saying, well, God, you did it before, so you're going to do it for us. And we would just speak faith into those situations. God can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. So I think you just need to dare to ask and dare to imagine because he can do so much more. I just want to show a short video clip. There's going to be a few video clips to come. Mine's a little bit less entertaining than Benj's. <laughs> um, but this is a clip uh, that Benj and I watched um, the other night. It's from an episode of Grey's Anatomy, which I think Benj has confessed we're quite hooked on at the moment. Um, and uh, in this clip, you've got um, a character called Derek Shepherd, who's a world-renowned neurosurgeon. And he's about to operate on a man called Isaac, who has an inoperable tumour on his spine. Those lines really stuck out to me about, you know, when Isaac says, in the face of the impossible, we're inspired. Today, if you become frightened, instead become inspired. What's Samuel doing? (laughs) And in the face of seemingly impossible situations, in the face of cancer, in the face of depression, in the face of crippling debt, um, in the face of death, I don't want to be someone who's frightened or overwhelmed. I want to be someone who's inspired. I want to see all that the Holy Spirit can do to turn that situation around, to turn that impossible situation into an opportunity for God to display his glory. 
I believe that's a decision that we have to make. <laughs> you know, Isaac says, today, if you become frightened, instead become inspired. Decide you're going to be inspired. Make that choice. Make the decision to have faith in God and be inspired by all that he can do. Because he can do so much. He can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. You don't need to overanalyze everything. <laughs> Just stand on his word. Trust that he is faithful and be obedient. As it says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Finally, be bold. Do not let fear or lack of confidence hold you back from doing what God's called you to do. It doesn't matter if you love people. It doesn't matter if you're full of zeal. It doesn't matter if you're inspired by the impossible, if you can't get over yourself and go. (laughs) Nothing matters apart from actually making that step. I'll be honest, I think I've wasted a lot of years questioning things and thinking, well, if I was a bit more confident or when I'm a bit more confident, when I'm braver, I can do that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one (laughs) who's felt that way. Um, But I don't think there's any shortcut to being bold. Yes, we can ask God to help us. Yes, we can pray he gives us courage. Yes, we can try different techniques and we can practice in life group and we can practice on a Sunday. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to do something. (laughs) You're still going to have to be willing to step out and be brave. That might feel uncomfortable or embarrassing to start with. But... Once you've done it, do it again (laughs) and keep doing it because this is, you know, it's important. This can't just be theory for us. This has got to be action. You know, at Bible Week, David was sharing about the feeding of the 5,000. I think some of you were there on the Sunday when he was sharing about this. And one of his points he made was um, about Jesus challenging the disciples to meet the need. He dares them. In the same way, God is daring us to meet the need, to step out, to pray for the sick, to tell your friend about Jesus. You need to be bold. You need to accept that dare from Jesus. <laughs> let us be, have courage. Let us be bold. And let us be willing to be used by the Holy Spirit and do what he instructs us to do. I want us to be men and women who wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh today move through me today, use me and be effective through me. And if that's what you're saying in your heart right now, if that's what you're feeling, then don't let it be empty words. (laughs) Be willing to follow through. Be willing to make that step. We can't be people who are constantly asking God for opportunities and then not be willing to take those opportunities when he brings them to us. So moving on to step three go. Be someone who takes action. On uh, Thursday evening, we were breaking bread together with a couple of the life group. And uh, Ben shared a picture about um, a rechargeable battery. And he explained that once the battery is fully charged, it has the potential to release power. But if you don't do anything with the battery, it remains ineffective. It does nothing. You need to put the battery into something so it can release that power. In the same way, 
We have to do something with the power that God's put within us. If we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have everything we need within us to do what God's called us to do. So we have to be men and women who do something, who take action. Like I said, it's all theory up to this point, but the kingdom of God isn't about theory. (laughs) It's not a matter of talk, but of power, of action. When we say it's time to go, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to go to another country. It might do, but it might just mean to look up from your desk. It might just mean to see who's on your doorstep, chat to the person serving you at the supermarket, invite your neighbor over for coffee. To go is to notice your opportunities and to act. It's to notice your opportunities, but also to make opportunities. One thing I've been thinking about this week is how often we see sick people just in our day-to-day life. And um, sometimes we let it pass us by and sometimes we'll just wait and think, oh, if God stirs me to pray for that person, I'll do it. (laughs) But God's already commissioned us to bring heaven to earth. And in heaven, there's no sickness. So when we see sickness in the world, we need to recognize that that's an opportunity to bring God's God's goodness, God's glory. We, I don't think we should be waiting all the time for God to, to tell us to go because he's already commissioned us. <laughs> ben shared about the Great Commission at the beginning. And, um, you know, God's commissioned us to go. He's commissioned us to act, to move out, to live in the power and the authority that he's given us. So let us be those people who embrace the commission and seek the adventure that's out there. It's such an adventure. It's so exciting. It should be something that we're desperate to be part of. It shouldn't be something that we're doing um, because Jesus has told us to. (laughs) It's, you know, we want to be part of this. It's so exciting. And I think God's just waiting for us to get stuck in. And we need to go and join him. So I'm going to pass back over to Ben. She's going to talk a bit more about go. Didn't she do well? Where are you? So, like we've just been hearing, the only thing that's stopping us from doing this is us. <laughs> There's nothing else stopping us. If you have been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, then you already have everything that you need to start doing this. You already have it all. There's nothing else you need to go and to do this. And all that's left for us to do is to say yes. I want to encourage us to be yes people, people that say yes to, uh, to Jesus. Um, now, I have a video clip for us to watch. And uh, this is from a film called Yes Man. Has ever, anybody seen Yes Man? Yeah, there's a few chuckles. It's a funny film. And uh, in this film, Jim Carrey plays a guy called Carl. This is no reference to you at all, Carl, by the way. But Carl is stuck in a rut in his life, and he's negative about everything. And uh, he gets invited to this seminar to learn about unleashing the power of yes. Now, we're not into, like, this kind of thing. But it illustrates my point very nicely, so I'm going to show you the clip anyway. Very silly. (laughs) But... uh, Hope it illustrates the point. He says, um, he says a phrase, 
whatever presents itself to you, say yes. And I want to say this. Whatever the Holy Spirit presents to you, say yes. There's times in life when it's important to say no. But I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, say yes. Um, let's not be no people. When he says no, they start saying no man, no man. Don't be a no man, be a yes man. Um, we read through the Bible and you find lots of times where God's people say no to God. And it never ends up well for them, does it? <clears throat> it's, uh, it's not a good idea to say no. I want to save you some time and tell you, say yes to the Holy Spirit. When he tells you to go, say yes. Life is much better when you say yes to him. Um, when he tells you to do something, the moment you start to second guess it, or the moment you start to convince yourself you're not good enough, the moment you start to think, oh, I don't know what someone else is going to think of me, in that moment you've already decided I'm not going to do it. Because unless you say yes straight away, you leave room for the enemy to come in and to put doubts in your mind. He comes in and he says, you're not good enough to do that, or you don't have the confidence to do that. Don't give him the room and the time to get in. Say yes straight away. If you say yes straight away, then that uh, leaves no room for him to do that to you. Um, and when you say yes, remind yourself what God says about you. He says that he's given you everything you need. He says that he loves you. He says that he cares for you. He says that he's never going to let you down. He's going to look after you. He's going to provide everything that you need. He's going to fill you with his power. He's going to use you to heal the sick and see people saved. They're all the promises of God. And when you say yes to him, remind yourself of that. And don't let yourself start thinking, I'm not good enough because you are good enough because he says so. Just do it. There is a slide which has just do it on it. There we go. Everybody knows that logo, don't they? Um, but this is important. We should just do it. Like I said, the only thing that's stopping you is you. Just do it. I want to paint a little picture here. How many people, you can show me your hand at the end, if you've ever been in a, <laughs> in a situation like this, where you say, Lord, please speak to me. Please give me something that I can share with somebody. And you close your eyes, say, please speak to me, Lord. And then he speaks to you, or you think he speaks to you. And then, uh, and then you say, okay. Lord, please give me a sign that you've spoken to me. Please let me know really clearly that I've heard from you. And you open your eyes and you see the exact thing you've hoped for walk past you. And you say, oh, right. And then you close your eyes and say, Lord, if that sign was from you, would you please give me a sign that tells me that that sign was from you, that tells me that you're speaking to me, that tells me that I should go? And you look up and somebody comes on and they pat you on the head and they say, God is speaking to you. And then you think, oh, he must be really speaking to me. I should really do something. But 10 minutes has gone past, and that person's already left. Does that sound at all familiar to anybody in this room? I know I've done that before. Um, let's stop doing that. <laughs> you know, I believe that if you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, he does, because that's who he is. That's his nature. That's what he does. I believe if you say to him, Holy Spirit, will you use me? He will use you. Um, there's a, there was a, a time when I, I used to work in a garden center and um, I just heard somebody preaching about words of knowledge and uh, God giving us words of knowledge to use for other people. 
And I really loved this, and I thought, that's great. I want to do that. So I was in work in the garden center, and I prayed, and I said, God, um, I want this. Would you give me a word of knowledge for somebody? And he straight away spoke to me about this lady, and he said, go and pray for her knee. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This means I've got to do it now because I've asked him to give me something, and he's given me something. And I doubted for a little bit. I said, oh, I don't know if, if this is from God or if it's just me making it up. But I chose to do it anyway. And I went up to this lady. I said, your name's not Juliet. Is I think it's Juliet. She said, yes, how do you know my name? <laughs> I said, oh, you haven't got a problem with your knee, have you? She said, yes. I've just had a skiing accident and my knee's all funny. How do you know that? I was like, oh, well, God speaks to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway, but I prayed for her. But... You know, from that moment on, I chose to believe that if I ever asked him to give me something, he would, because that's what happened, and that's who he is. Let's not go round and round in circles asking God for signs that he's really speaking. Let's believe that he's speaking. But um, I know that sounds so simple, just do it. And I know it might sound a little bit, well, you don't tell me just to do it. But I am telling you, just do it. What's the worst that could happen? when you say yes to the Holy Spirit. Um, so this is it. That's our three points there. Ready, set, go. <laughs> it's, um, you know, how do you get to go? Ready, set, go. You know, This is not a complicated message we're trying to preach. We're not trying to give you any huge revelatory experience where you're going to fall off your chair. But... Um, but life of the Holy Spirit is not complicated. It's very, very easy. All we have to do is say yes to him. So get ready. Be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. Get set. Be filled with love, zeal, faith, and boldness. And go. Move in the power and authority God has given you. You have got everything you need to go and do this. So now it's time to go and do it. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.